Kiora, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM, that's the nudge. This is B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm Laura, I'm your host today, and I'm super excited to um, have a young person running for council in the studio with me today. This year, it seems like youth movements like the School Strike for Climate have collided with local elections, and there are quite a few young and independent candidates jumping into races and hopefully shaking things up. So we'll be speaking to one of those candidates today, Rabia Ayatullah. Did I get that? No. (laughs) Okay, wait, 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 wait. Anatullah. So close. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Rabia is running to represent, (laughs) she's going to help me with her name in a minute, she's running to represent Porirua's Northern Ward on their city council, Kiora Ribera. Kia ora. Thank you so much um, for having me. So, Rabia, yeah. Anayatula. Anayatula. You did so well in the practice, eh? I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I knew yeah. I'd stuff it up on yep. the air. No, it's fine. Nerves get the best of us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All good. Um, yeah, thank you f- so much. I really appreciate you having me and reaching out to me. Yeah, I'm excited to hear <laughs> about uh, what brought you into the race this year yeah. to run for city council. Um, do you feel like you're part of sort of a youth movement Mm. that's um, getting into council elections this year? Oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. And there's so many of us running and, like, um, it's amazing seeing so many young people all across the country as well. Like, um, you know, Louise Hart running for mayor in Hamilton, Tam, um, Tamitha Paul, I should say a full name as well, running um, for Lambton Ward here in Wellington. Um, We're hoping to have her on the show, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And then Terry, Terry O'Neill, running for Eastern Ward here in Wellington. Um, it's just, I could list all the women because you can see I'm I'm very all for the women. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, it's, it's important that, you know, like the women actually um, get on as well because, like, like obviously there is that stale male pale um, sort yeah, of that stigma that seems to um, be what our especially our local government councils tend oh, to look that way. Yeah, hundred percent. And like I would say that for Potiroa, it's um, not really the case. Like we've got a really good representation of gender um, and diversity in terms of having the um, diversity of Māori and Pacifica representation um, that is so crucial, especially for Porirua, you know, Māori and Pacifica, um, the population is uh, quite large. Um, But for me, I guess there is that lack of um, representation in terms of migrant, refugee and immigrants. So for me, like like I'm a third, third generation immigrant, but I've grown up with people where my families have helped refugees, my families have helped migrants and, um, you know, the fact that we have to help them but local government isn't doing anything to help them integrate in terms of that sense. Um, So it's sort of like my grandparents have provided quite a buddy system (laughs) essentially for them, Mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. Like uh, 
you know, it's not saying that, you know, we had to have this burden. Like, we did it because, like, oh, well, my grandparents did it out of the kindness of their hearts and they wanted to see them have the best life, really. But, yeah, there's definitely that lack of representation in terms of um, a lot of those other cultural, multicultural groups. Mm. So um, with Porirua being, you know, a very diverse city, um, and probably one of the, the most diverse cities across the country. And there is a growing amount of migrant, refugee and immigrants um, in that city. And we, we they need to be represented. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell me about your grandparents. Where yeah. are they from? So my grandparents are my role models, inspirations. Um, and they came to New Zealand from Fiji around 1960s, if I'm... Um, not wrong. <laughs> She'll probably hear this and be like, oh, you were wrong. And <laughs> you know. But actually, um, my granddad's father came here before then and came here for work. So that's why my granddad decided to come here. Um, and then he obviously brought my grandma here as well. Um, but oh my God, they worked hard. They worked super hard um, to be where they are now. Um, And I think that that's just like anyone that came here, especially back then. Um, You know, it was, um, they, they actually came to live in first. So they were very into the farming, the agriculture side of things. And my granddad worked in a factory. And um, my grandma came and was like, why are you spending all your time, um, giving all your time away to other people and filling their pockets, like let's start our own business, like let's, um, you know, build our way. Um, and she was, she had this very entrepreneur mindset um, from the get-go and she always thought like a business owner. She's such a business lady. And I think if it wasn't for my grandma, then my granddad would not have the success in his life that <laughs> he has now. So that really shows the importance of women. Yeah. Absolutely. Funny that. <laughs> yeah. So did, did, they have a, did they have a small business? Um, it was really just, you know, like selling eggs on the side of the street, just like those really small things. Um, They'd always have their side gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so obviously my granddad would work in a factory and then, you know, maybe they had like, I don't know the full story. So it would be like the eggs on the side of the street, selling milk, you know, and and very small things like that. Um, And then... I guess it was just really my grandma had the nuts and the bolts of saving (laughs) and um, how to actually budget your money. And I think that comes back to her grandmother actually uh, watching my grandma would watch her grandmother and how she had a similar mindset and she learnt all of those lessons from her and then she just pretty much, I guess, applied that to her lifestyle. Um, Yeah. yeah. So... but you you grew up in Auckland, is that right? Uh, no, Wellington. Oh, you yeah, grew up so Papakofa actually. Yeah, huh. in, in Potidor. Yeah. So tell me tell me about your sort of personal background. Mm, yeah. So I was born in Kinapuru Hospital. Um, I went to primary at Saint Teresa's School in Plymouth. So very local. Went to yeah, so. St. Teresa's goes up to year six, so then I did year seven and eight at Intermediate. Uh, um, sorry, year seven, so Intermediate, that made no sense. Intermediate at Plymouth School, mm-hmm. and then I went to the hut, and I 
uh, went to Chilton there, which is a private school. Um, so my mum went there and she wanted to send me there. <laughs> but one thing that I think is so important um, to note is that the fact that my upbringing and my values growing up, um, I'm really glad of that and grateful that I have those because I think, you know, with a private school, there is sort of like this tendency that you do get quite stuck in a bubble. And so it was great getting like an exposure (laughs) of going to a private school and, you know, not saying that there's nothing wrong with going to a private school, but, you know, you you definitely don't get the full picture and, the, and reality. Um, and then I went to, and then I came to Aotea my last year in year 13 and it was it was a difference um, in terms of just the teaching and, oh, not really the teaching, but just like the way of teaching and, and the focus to um, students and making sure that, you know, those students that aren't really achieving and like how can we help them you know, mm-hmm. achieve and how can we help them better themselves where I didn't really feel that at Chilton. So hmm. I think that's, you know, that could be like a the private versus public school sort of difference. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, so definitely it was great getting exposure to a private and public school and um, I, I enjoyed Aotea so much um, and it was great being close to home. Like I cannot, yeah. the commute to the heart right. was in, insane. But in saying that, my close friends that I have now um, are actually from Chilton, so it's, you know. Oh, okay. I guess it's you know a win-win situation, really. Yeah, yeah. So, um, d- Porirua is your stomping ground. Um, do you like it there? What's What's great about it? Oh, I love Porirua, um, <laughs> and not just saying that because it's my city, but <laughs> I love the fact that I love the people. To be honest, um, so my my childhood was spent quite a bit at um, in Waitangiroa because that's where my grandparents have their business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great, you know, having that exposure to um, the east side of Porirua, but then living in the north, which was quite different. So it really grounded me as well, the fact that, you know, I had to really check my privilege a lot and know that, you know, there are people in my city who um, don't have the lifestyle that I have, um, but they're so they're so happy and f- and like full of energy, even though you know they don't have um, same like the access to the same resources that I do or things like that. So it was like just the the how genuine they are, and um, I think that's why I really like. I, I really love Porirua um, and the diversity that it, it comes with um, and just, yeah, everyone, like it, it's all about the people and I think for me that's probably why I love Porirua because pe- the people there are, you know, just so so genuine and and they really put people first before profit, yeah. So we've heard a, a little about your life growing up through mm. high school, but what? What hap- what happens after that? Oh, after oh yeah, completely forgot about that part. Yeah, the, and then <laughs> and then um, and then I went to this place called Victoria University. Victoria, yeah, right. So I did law, 
Yeah. And that didn't go to, down too well. <laughs> so <laughs> why why didn't I've heard so many reasons why law yeah. isn't for everyone, but why yeah. didn't it work out for you? Um, for me, it was just too challenging for me, I'd say. Right. Um, the subject matter was yeah. not yours. Yeah. And also, I feel like the passion wasn't there for me. Mm. And because I know that I, if I apply myself, I know that I can do well. But it's crazy how if you apply yourself in, an, in a subject that you're not even passionate about or you, you don't resonate well with, you don't actually get the results that you want. And it's um, like you really have to be strong-willed and push through <laughs> and persevere. But I just, um, I didn't really have that back then. Um, not as much as I have it now. <laughs> and so I did an elective politics paper and I fell in love and I was like, oh my God, this is really cool. I've never heard of these concepts before. Why haven't I heard of these concepts before? To be honest, you know, I'm 18 and I'm eligible to vote and yet I haven't heard of this before. Mm. So it was like quite, it was the exposure that I really needed. And then I did a, um, I did a politics paper. So I changed my major, did politics and international relations, <laughs> and um, I there was a specific one, Polls 232, which was citizen politics, and that really made me um, aware of the lack of youth voter turnout and the lack of um, voter turnout from a lot of multicultural groups, and then I looked at the representation of that, and it was non-existent or very very low so I think that you know that hit me and I was like wow okay I want to be able to somehow represent these people Mm -hmm. um I didn't know how and I didn't know when I would do it but I guess for me I like anyone people end up looking to like the beehive in parliament and like being like okay this is how I'm going to do it and then it wasn't until um it wasn't until I so I was the president of the Politics Society, and we had we had a politics week, and there was a specific event where Justin Lester was there, and um, he talked about uh, like local government, and I specifically remember him asking me to help out for his campaign, and then he was like, you know, mentioned like you know, there's a like there's not young people on council and I think he was the youngest person on council I'm mm. pretty sure I'd, not too sure if I remember that specifically but something along the lines of 50 58 was the average age for the Wellington City Council and I was like shocked by that and then I started to question whether or not you know going straight to parliament was actually what I wanted to do and then I was like, I've always been very community based and like I wanted, I'm really connected to like the locals and the people of, the, of, of a certain city. And I was like, well, to be honest, like I feel that I'm finishing my, you know, degree and it was um, last trimester where I, I finished my tertiary degree. So I haven't actually graduated but I'll have my ceremony at the end. So I'm like in that weird phase yeah. at the moment. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I've, I feel like this is the perfect time for me to really get into it and, and run. And it was literally that day, that event, and I had no idea how I was going to do it and what my campaign was going to be about. But all I knew is that I wanted to do it and I wanted to represent um, my community 
and I told three people and I was like, I'm going to run for Porirua City Council. And I had no idea how I was going to do it and who my campaign manager was going to be. And and I didn't even know I needed a manager at the time. <laughs> like, I was like, I just want to do it. <laughs> um, do you, so... Um, it's great to hear that, like, it wasn't until university age when you were getting some exposure to, like, civic concepts and stuff mm. that you learn in pol- political science about how the government works and mm. how elections work. Um, do you have a, a, a memory of a particular politician or a particular political event that sort of made you realize that politics matter mm. in people's lives? Yeah. Um gosh a particular I think it's been um consecutive things that have happened over time um I definitely think like going back to that 232 um politics paper that was probably like a a deciding factor which um really made me like realize how politics does matter Mm -hmm. and I actually did like a I did like an essay on on youth representation and the low voter turnout so I was like very passionate about that ever since I did that paper like I've just been all for sort of you know that youth representation and we need more of it and there's such urgency to have it because there's literally like barely any young people on council and it is so like it saddens me because there's no councillors that are under the age of thirty in Porirua, yet forty percent of Porirua's population is twenty five and under, and it's like you cannot have councillors making decisions for young people if they cannot even relate to them or they're not even their age or close to their age. Like it makes no sense. You can't expect a young person to be able to represent someone that is forty or fifty or sixty. Like, how do they know what decisions are best for them? Because they're not even the age. Or, yeah, so just, yeah, that that paper really just pushed me into advocating for that. Neat. So how, how do you think your city, how do you think Porirua might look different or mm. be different for the people that live there if there are more young people and more diverse multicultural representation mm. on, the, on the city council? Well, I guess... Hmm. I don't want to. Yeah. No. Okay. Sorry. I'm like <laughs> you having want a bad talk. Your own yeah. sitting. Oh. Oh. <laughs> not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm having like so many different trains of thoughts right now, and I just need to like ground myself. <laughs> um. But that is a good point as well. I don't want to bad in my city because it has done a very good job this term. So, just want to make sure that I point that out. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And obviously, you know, it's. I feel like I can't say. Like, I haven't been on that decision-making level, so to be honest, like, I can only say so much because I don't know what actually goes on behind Mm. closed doors as well. So there's another thing that I should point out. Um, Okay, what would make it different? I think that... um, I think it's important to have the relatability aspect um, because then it will empower those groups to actually get involved and it's like they'll see a young person like for me you know I saw Terry she was running and for for a lot of people like Chloe Sorbrook and Golras um, are huge inspirations for people because they are young Golras is it is from Iraq like um, 
you know, she migrated, I think, when she was two, if I can recall correctly. And, and it's just so amazing to see them in Parliament. And it's, they're so young and, and they're like, they look like our age. You know, I've had someone actually look at, um, they saw like a, a post by Goras and they were like, I, 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 saw, I thought that was you. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. That is such a great compliment. Like, I was, I was so stoked. Um, and it's just having those people that, you know, are relatable, it, that is a start. And I think, just in doing that, it's going to empower those um, those young people to get more involved and um, and be like, oh, well, if if she can do it, then I can do it. And it's like, it's it's so simple, but it's so it's going to be so effective. Yeah, that's a really yeah. great point. Um, okay, how is the campaign going so far? And when you tell people you're running mm. for council, yeah. Um, just just out of university, what kind of responses do you hear? <laughs> very mixed, I would say, but it's been very positive. Good. Um, yeah, I've probably had maybe like two or three, not really negative, but just like, oh, but, you know, you, you are a little bit young or like, oh, you're pretty young. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yes, I know I'm young, but we need it. Um, and that's really all I say. I feel like I have to give them an explanation. You know, when people say, oh, but you haven't got experience, I say, okay, well, I actually have a little bit of governance experience. Like I am the vice president vice president of the Porirua Multicultural Council when I was the president of the Politics Society at uni, um, even though that's not council governance, but it is some form of governance. And to be honest, maybe, you know, not having that type of governance is actually an advantage as well. Um, just because I don't have that exposure doesn't mean I'm not experienced. Yeah. So I think it's people just need to realise. And it's it's having also a spirit of teachability and coachability and willing to learn. And I have that. I know I have that. Um, and just the very fact that I have that, it will it's it shows that, you know, I am genuine and I, I want to learn in order to make a better Porirua and represent communities properly. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of the answer to that question <laughs> in terms of, you know, how people react when um, I'm young. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And what in the last couple of minutes for our interview, what, what do you think makes a good counsellor? Oh, a good counsellor? Oh, all right. Um, I guess... Um, being authentic and transparent, those are two two huge key characteristics, I would say. Um, and um, letting yourself be kept accountable as well is a huge one because I think so many people, like, whenever they, you know, get a negative feedback or they'll try to defend themselves and, and it's actually like, okay, but, you know, take responsibility for and take ownership of of someone that may be calling you out because you may have said something that you were going to deliver on, but you didn't deliver. And it's like, well, you didn't deliver and own it. You know, don't, not own it in a sense that like, yeah, I didn't deliver, but own it in a sense of like, take ownership over the fact that you didn't deliver and and let people hold you accountable. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to justify Mm -hmm. yourself, but... Have you had had moments like that in your sort of um, in your leadership roles where oh. you um, made a mistake and you kind of had to mm. say, oops, I made a mistake, but here's what I'm doing to yeah. correct it. 
I guess um, not to a large extent, like a massive decision, but maybe just in terms of for myself, to be honest, I guess, um, and the way that I lead myself and it's like, oh, I let my emotions get the best of me and it's like I need to hold myself accountable to that. Um, I feel like it's (laughs) like that's it's getting into like completely different area but I think that for myself like holding myself accountable to certain things and um for example like um what is something I was supposed to do uh today you know having more communication with my campaign managers for example it's like Rabia okay you gotta you gotta do this you know it's (laughs) it's it's, I think those things for me which I which probably I can apply to so many different areas as well um yeah, but I haven't had any major decisions that I've needed to make, which are, you know, very changing to a city or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're already learning from being on the campaign trail. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it's um, It's been a journey, um, but very rewarding as well, yeah. Rabia, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, we're going to play a song from the Phoenix Foundation. And um, we'll be back for the second half of the show in just a few minutes. program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project. 